want to speak with you about tonight about right thinking equals right actions. Right thinking equals right actions. Now, we did um, a couple, over a couple of Wednesdays, we did a, a study there in just Colossians just about being rooted in our faith. And we left off with that. We're not continuing that per se, but I, I wanted to speak a little bit more uh, about the last point that I made. And, and we made mention of being rooted in our faith and, if you will, taking a big concrete mix, if you will, and a bag of concrete mix and, and pouring it and making concrete with it. And that solidifies, it roots a structure. We gave the illustration of, uh, of a mailbox. And you can dig a hole there and try to throw it down in there, but it won't take much and it's going to topple. But if you put that post down in there good and deep and you, you put some concrete around it and deepen the base of it, listen, it's going to take much, 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 much more force to ever cause it to be toppled over. And one of the things we left off with was talking about thinking like Jesus is, is help, helps us to root ourselves in our faith. And so I want to talk a little bit more about our thought life tonight and about how right thinking equals right actions. We notice here on, in that verse in Colossians that it says to set your mind on things above and not on things that are on the earth. If you want to think like Jesus and you want to begin to root your, be rooted in your faith in a greater way in your future than you are now, then you and I must understand this truth, and that is that we determine what we think about. We determine what we think about. Now, thoughts are very powerful things. We're going to get to that, how it leads to action in a moment, but, but they're very, very, very important. And if our thinking is wrong, there's a lot of other things that are going to be wrong. And the first thing we've got to understand is we determine what we think about. And one of the first things that you have to get a hold of, especially if you find yourself at a place where your mind is overacted, over, uh, overactive, I should say, or let's say it this way, you have been rooted in wrong patterns of thinking for a long time. And so if, if that is the pattern by which you think, that's the flow, if I could use that word, the flow of which you think. That's the current of which you think, all right? If you're in the river and this is a current and it's moving you one direction, then it can feel very overwhelming to think that you can turn around and go in the other direction of the current of your thought life. But you can choose to go in a different direction other than maybe the present current of your thought life. And so you have to begin. Now, that's not always the easiest thing to do. When I'm talking to people about taking captive of their thoughts and, and dealing with their thought life, and, and all of a sudden they'll be like, you know, usually when I get to that point and somebody needing help and we're speaking, we're talking about some things and, and so on and so forth, they're at a place where it is, it has, it's become very deep-seated and deep-rooted. You understand? It, how many know it's always good? To get help early. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to tell you. No, that's the truth. Uh, listen, in anything in life, it is a good thing to get help early. Always. All right? It's a lot easier uh, to fix things when it's a small problem versus a big problem. And sometimes in life, I know how we are. Listen, we can just get to places and then we're finally, we get to our wits end. We get to the end of the rope. And then we're like, I need help. It's better while there's still a lot of rope left, friends. All right, I'm just going to tell you. That's true for anything in life, all right? You're dealing with your thought life, relationship issues. Listen, glory to God. I don't know what I mean to get here. Listen, 
it's better to do it early. Because sometimes there's a, lot, there's a lot more to work through if you don't wait until you get to the very end. It's much harder to rescue things in those moments. So get it early. I always tell people when uh, I'm doing premarital counseling, you know, I'm, uh, I, will al- I always say to them, listen, counseling is like getting your oil changed. That's just preventative maintenance. You do it when nothing's wrong, don't you? Absolutely. Hey, listen, if you need a tune-up, get a tune-up. Don't listen. Don't wait. Don't listen. Don't wait for all the clanks, all the sputtering. You're going a few minutes. You're going. You're rocking back. Don't, don't wait then to think you might have an engine problem. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, when the gauge starts running a little hot too often, that should tell you, listen, let's get a little tune-up here. Let's, let's check some things out uh, before we got a disaster and a failure. You know what I'm saying? Because we get these patterns of, of thinking which lead to patterns of actions. And all of a sudden when people find themselves in an overwhelmed situation, I'll say, okay, we're going to attack this with the Word. And we go through lots of different scriptures and so on and so forth. But I'll say, listen, uh, you didn't get here overnight. <laughs> You're not necessarily turning this thing around overnight. But if you'll be diligent, if you'll choose, and it can be the hardest thing. You know why? Because they're fighting against the current in their mind. They're fighting against the flow of the river of their thought life. That's always been directed in this one channel, in this one direction. Anxiety, overwhelmed by this, the pressure, the stress, you know, uh, temptation in their life. It can be anything. And what we're talking about tonight is important in all ways. It's not just talking about not living in sin any longer. We're talking about renewing our minds to certain truths in Scripture that we might not have had beforehand. I mean, no, we didn't always think the right way before we met Christ. Now we got to learn Christ and learn His will and learn His ways of thinking about everything, about relationships, about people, about how we interact with people, about, uh, about money, uh, about uh, taking care of our physical body, about this and that, all kinds of different things that might happen in life that you might have thought one direction, but you start to learn things in the Word of God, and now you've got to change and renew your mind to God's direction on things. But it's better to to get ahead of that. But if you'll stick with it, if you'll stay with it, you'll change the current. You'll ch- it's ever you ever um, you ever mix something in your drink. Well, we used to do this um, back when we was uh, kids. One of my uh, <clears throat> uh, friends had a pool, so we walk over there all the time, and play, you know, um, and swim. And so what we would do, sometimes we'd have to, I don't know, clean it, whatever you would do back then, and so on and so forth. Well, we'd make a big whirlpool, because you know then it starts putting everything in the middle, you know. So we get on the outer end, and we start going all in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? We'd make a little big whirlpool. And then every so often, what, we'd turn around and go the other direction. You know what I'm saying? We'd get all that stuff in. Have you ever done that? That little whirlpool. What are you doing? You're developing that current. Isn't that right? Same thing, you ever, you ever mix something in a drink? And you pour the little powder packet in there or something, you know, whatever you might be taking, a vitamin supplement or whatever, and you're stirring it up, and you've got that circling, right? And all of a sudden, you stop that spoon maybe, and you start going the other direction, right? Does, it, does the water immediately change like that? No, for a second there, you've got to get it back going the other thing, right? You're changing the momentum. You're changing the direction. And our thought life is the same way. It might have been going in one direction all the time concerning one area. And so that's like that whirlpool. But if you'll just stop it and begin to go in the other direction, it might not be. In that very moment, it might feel like this is the hardest thing you've ever done. Why? Because you're walking against the current of your normal patterns of thinking. But if you'll keep going in God's direction, you'll keep going with the right patterns, you'll develop new patterns of thinking. 
And so you and I have to realize in the very beginning, we determine what we think about. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we choose every thought that pops in our head. No, no. But it does mean we can choose what we dwell on. What we choose to think about from that moment forward. Whether we let that, let that thought be like a seed that is sown or a seed that we uproot and cast out before it ever gets sown. Amen? And that's what we want to watch out for. You can't live a different way without thinking a different way. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number, verse number 8. Notice there though in verse 2 of Colossians 3 I should say this. It said what set your mind. Now we're going to come back to that word in a few moments in another place. But it says set your mind. Direct your thinking this direction. Now Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says finally brethren whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good re repute. If there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. What is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying you can choose what you think about. If not, why would he have said dwell on these things or think on these things? Why would he say that if you can't do that? Well, you can. Why? Because you and I can choose what we think about. Sometimes some of us have to take back what we've been thinking about. You've got to take back what's been in your mind. You've got to take back the current, the flow of what you've been dwelling on about your situation, about your life, about the outcome of certain situations. You've got to take those things back and submit them to the Word of God. Listen, if you and I are experiencing and embracing wrong thoughts, choose right thoughts. Well, you know, such and such moved away and now they're doing this and, and I don't know what they're doing here and doing that. And, you know, you can think wrong thoughts there. you got to start choosing right thoughts. Glory to God. My God's going to send people across their paths to help them here and lead them here and they're going to have a clear mind to do this and that and so on and so forth. Well, I've got this, I got this training i got to go to and you know what? It's, uh, you know what? I always flunk it. I always fail it. I don't ever do very good on it and I know it's going to affect my job and, and what I'm doing here. And so... Well, Listen, you got to change your, if you got wrong thoughts, you got to change them to the right thoughts. You know, God says we're the head and not the tail in Deuteronomy 28. Glory be to God. In 1 John, he says he, he gives us the anointing and we know all things. Hallelujah. He will teach us and instruct us in all things. So we have to change the current or the flow of our thinking. And the Apostle Paul gives us, if you will, a filter. Do the, you have to run your thoughts through a test. Eventually, that's kind of what he's saying here. When the thoughts come in, test them all out. Is it worth keeping or not? Just like uh, someone that works on an assembly line and they're making a particular part and it comes down the line and they get it. Now they're quality control and they have to run that part through certain number of tests to make sure it meets the standards. If so, it goes in the, the keeper box, the keeper bin over there. If it doesn't, it's in the discard bin. The same thing for you and I. When a thought comes, listen, friends, well, I think we need to evaluate that thought. What is this thought? Here's the filter. Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it meet the criteria here in Philippians 4.8? If it doesn't, throw it in the discard bin. If it does, put it in the keeper bin and think on it, glory be to God. That's a good thought. And we need, to, we need the Word of God to be, as if you will, a filter. And you know what? When you first start having thoughts like that, it might take you a minute. But over time, you'll be able to make those instantaneous things. You'll be able to know right away, this is good thinking, this is bad thinking, because you're renewing your mind to the Word of the living God. Romans chapter 8, verses 3 through 8. Just, again, laying a foundation here that we determine what we think about. 
It says, For the law could not do, weak as it, weak as it was through the flesh. God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. How are we going to get there? Verse 5, For those according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind what set, notice that word again, set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set, notice that word again, set, on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When you see a word used repeatedly, it obviously has emphasis in Scripture. And he uses the word here, set. Set your mind. King James would say, well, things of the flesh do mind. Set your mind. Exercise your mind in a particular direction. It means that. It also means that if you and I are walking according to the flesh, the, the, uh, the quantity of our thought life is going to be focused on fleshly things. Why? Because that's the direction of which our lives are facing. But if our lives are facing spiritual things and Jesus and the Word of God, then the exercise of our mind is going to be in that direction. You and I need to set or exercise our mind in the direction of godliness and not ungodliness. This is what we're seeking. This is what we're striving. Now the enemy can certainly bring you a thought, but you and I don't have to dwell on that thought. So friends, you and I need to exercise our minds in this way. We need to entertain is another word that you could be used there. Set your mind or entertain. How do you know which way you're, direct, you're facing life? What do you spend your time thinking about in life? What dominates your thought life? What are you looking at? What are you beholding to? What are you, what are you envisioning? This is where your life is headed. This is where my life would be headed. Because uh, even though right now we're talking about you determine what you think, our actions, as we mentioned earlier, right thinking equals what? Right actions. And it's, in, it's entirely difficult, listen, to consistently walk, consistently take action in a manner that's inconsistent with the way you think. I'm not saying you can't, but it's going to be very difficult for you to consistently act in a way that you inconsistently ever think about, right? That, that, that these things are not congruent. And so it's very important for us to set our minds in this direction. Now Ephesians chapter 4. Friends, you will be captive to what captivates you. What captivates you? What do you dwell on? Is it the, is it the, the glass, the old saying is, the, the, the glass is half empty or is it half full? Is it things headed in the right direction or heading in the wrong direction? What's your outlook in life? What are you looking at in life? Is it about what hasn't happened or is it about what has happened? Do you look back on your life and look at all the things that haven't went right or do you ever look back at some of the things that did go right? You see what I'm saying? What are we dwelling on in our lives? In Ephesians chapter 4, Verse number 17, it says this, So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk, in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, 
excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the hardness of their heart, and they, have, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you do not learn Christ, you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught in Him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, catch this, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Let's unpack this passage here. Let's start by saying this, that firstly we said you, you determine what you think about. We determine what we think about. Secondly, what we think about is going to determine our actions, right? Our thinking will determine our actions. Our thinking will determine our actions. These things are important for us to understand because you can be frustrated if you end up in a place where you're always falling short or you're always doing something you didn't mean to or you didn't want to do this but you did it anyway or you didn't do something that you wanted to and you can just be frustrated about it and always coming up short about it. And, and you're just, you're, you're so zeroed in on your actions without thinking about the process. And if we'll just look at the process, guess what? The product will come out if the process is right. And right thinking equals right actions. Notice what it says there in the scriptures. It says that you put off your old self. Now he's writing to believers here. And he says that you, put, you need to put off your old self because you've you found Jesus now, right? You've learned, you did not learn Christ in the way you were going in life. When you were living in the futility of your mind, in total ignorance, he says we no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. What's walking? Well, that's taking steps. It's action. It's activity, right? Well, how, what is our activity or action supposed to be now? Not marked by how our old life was, but marked now by our new life in Christ. Well, what is the bridge from our old self to our new self? Yes, we get born again. That, there's nothing that you and I can do about that on the inside of us. God does that for us when we call out unto Him. When we believe Jesus, believe the Word of God, and receive Him... As our Lord, glory to God. Listen, He transforms us on the inside. We are born again. Hallelujah. Oh, we've been made alive unto God. Oh, praise God. He gives us a fresh start. But you know what? Then He says, go. <laughs> and sometimes we just want to live with a fresh start right there. No, no. He also says, go. And part of that go is, walk in the new self. And what is the bridge in that? How do we get there? How do we go from laying, putting off the old man that we just read about in verse 22 here and putting on the new self, the new man created in righteousness? How, what's the bridge? What's the link? He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know what he's really saying? Change your thinking. You've been given a fresh start but you're still going to live in the old way unless you change your thinking. Verse 22. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside. That's something that you and I do. That's not something that Jesus does for us or anybody else does for us. But we lay aside our old self. 
and we are renewed in the spirit of our mind. And in verse 24, we do what? We put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Our thinking will determine our actions. How do we put on the new self? How do we cease doing some of the old actions and begin doing some of the new actions? Friends, we get renewed in our minds. The word renewed, it means to, to renovate. It means, honestly, it means to completely change for the better. Both this word here, renewed, and then in Romans 12, and we'll read in a moment when it talks about the renewing of our mind. Both these words are, are similar together. It means to renovate, to change, and to change completely for the better. If you were to go in and totally renovate your kitchen, and we understand what this, is, this word would mean to us in the, in, the, in, in the natural. If you were to just rip out your kitchen and make it all new, New cabinets, new hardware, everything new. New paint, new whatever, you know, new design, all new appliance, whatever. Just new countertops, everything, the whole thing. I'm pretty sure every one of you would say, it's better. I hope you wouldn't say it's worse. You know what I'm saying? That'd, that'd be kind of bad to spend all the money and it'd be worse. Isn't that right? But you would say, this is completely changed for the better. It's new it's fresh, it's right. And he's saying, listen, you need to, be re you need to have your minds renewed. It need, your minds need to be completely changed. When you and I renew our minds, our lives will be completely changed for the better. Hallelujah. We must renovate our thinking. We must renew our minds. Why? Because up until the point we met Christ, we had a certain pattern of thinking. We had a certain flow of thinking. We had a certain current by which our, our thoughts took us, right? And so we, we, we lived in the futility of our minds and we walked as the Gentiles would walk and we walked in our flesh and what was right and by the power of the spirit of the air, the Bible says also in Ephesians 2 there. And so now we've got to change this and go a new direction. And that happens by renewing our mind to the living word of God. Friends, it's important that we understand the importance of our thought life because, friends, we will always compromise in an area of our mind before we ever compromise in the area of our behavior. You and I, you, me, listen, no matter how long, listen, re renewing and renovating, listen, that is something you and I need to consistently and constantly be submitting our thinking, our thought life to the Lord and our beliefs and our outlook to the Word of the living God. Because you and I will compromise in our thought life and our mind before we ever compromise in our behavior. And so we must submit and evaluate our thoughts consistently. We say yes and it's okay in our minds before we ever say yes and, and, and it's okay with our actions. We become like the world in our minds before we ever become uh, like, uh, before we ever become like the world in our actions. Now Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1 and 2 it says this, Therefore I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. 
and that, by, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might what? prove what the will of God is. Well, how do we know what the will of God is? Well, we understand the will of God by understanding the Word of God. It contains His will. How do you know? You're renewing your mind. You're hearing a different thought. You're learning a different thing. It'd be like this. If you went to a new employer, and your old employer did it a certain way, but you went to your new employer, and they, had, they gave you a training manual, a manual, and you had to read it and go through it. Why? So you would know what to do and how to handle situations when they come up. You know, they train you in all these scenarios. If this happens here, if that takes place this way, if this happens here, this is what you do. Well, how will you know what to do when those things arise unless you have prepared yourself beforehand? Unless you've trained yourself how to think, how you're supposed to respond in these ways. And how you and I are supposed to respond to situations as believers is different than how we responded to situations as unbelievers. We got a new training manual, the Word of God. And you and I need to embrace it. We need to learn the will of God. We need to learn the Word of God. We need to learn how God thinks about certain things. How, how do you know? And you know, you can renew your mind in some areas and your mind not be renewed in other areas. You can. You can renew your mind in some areas and not renew your mind in other areas. And, and everything I'm talking about tonight isn't sin-related. I know we, a lot of times we talk about that because we want to stop talk, taking the actions that were, that were wrong and this and that. And that's true. We've got to renew our minds to understand what God's will is, right? What He says. But these things can matter about healing in your body. It can matter about finances. There's all kinds of mentalities. Listen, you can have a failure mentality. You always come up short mentality. You can have a worthless mentality. You know what? You've got to renew your mind there too. That's part of the old self. Listen, He's made you worthy, friends. Hallelujah. He's made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are His beloved, not His disgraced. You're His beloved, glory to God. And sometimes you can come in depending on relationships and situations and your environment and your experiences of life. You have lived with a very worthless uh, view of yourself and you've devalued yourself and you find yourself in this thing. This is how you see the world. When you come into Christ, listen, you need to renew your mind to how He sees you. You can do the same thing with lots of areas. You can, you can have lived life because of your experiences and your situations and circumstances of life and have a poverty mentality. You know, poverty mentality isn't linked to a certain dollar amount either. You can have, think, you can have a lot of money and think you're, you're going to run out somehow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can just have that mindset. But you might have this mindset mentality where you need to come into the kingdom of God and say, my God is more than enough. Like, he never runs out, hallelujah. Man, this family never will run out, glory to God. Oh, glory be to God. I mean, man, glory be, listen, his accounts will never dry up and they'll never go away, glory to God. And they're not even subject to this world's economy, hallelujah. Glory be to God. You have to re renew your thinking in this way. I mean, so, in, in, it's in so many different facets and areas of our life we have to renew our minds. Because of your experiences, 
how you're raised, the environment you were in, your interactions with people, whatever it might be, this is how you treat one another or something like that. And all of a sudden you come into the kingdom, you've got to renew your mind possibly. No, 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 I respond with love. I love people as Christ loved the church. I, 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 and you begin to look at 1 Corinthians 13, this is how I respond to people. What are you doing? You're renewing your mind to the will of God in this area of your life. How do you know that you've, you're, 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 there's some success in there? Well, what do you think about when the situation comes up? What are your thoughts? Is it the Word of God or is it the way you've always thought about it? If it was the wrong way to think about it. And what's important for us is that it be the Word of God in those moments. And when it is, listen, friends, then you know we're on a good path of renewing our mind. When this is our first thought, this is our initial thinking toward it. And this is how we talk about it. This is how we speak about it. And I'll tell you another place when, you, when your mind, you can tell when it's getting more renewed, better renovated, when the new cabinets are in, fresh paint. I'm not saying it's ever finished or this or that, but I mean, it, it's come a long way. You'll recognize when everybody else's kitchen needs to be remodeled. Now, I didn't say you had to point your finger at them and tell them about it. I didn't, I didn't say that now. I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is you pick up on it. What I mean by this is that's different than the way you think. There's a difference there. See what I mean? And, and it used to be the exact way you did. So you, it didn't ever catch your attention. Why? Because that's just what it's about. But all of a sudden, you, you hear, whoa, I caught my attention. What's happening? You renewed your mind in that area. And you recognize, whoa, no, 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 no. See what's happening? You're renewing your mind. And when you and I renew our minds, friends, it will set us up for the right actions in life. Glory to God. And the right actions will obviously lead us to the right outcomes for our lives. Amen. We stand with me if you will.